I am Jen Wilson, author and body, mind and soul coach. Welcome to the I Am podcast, where we explore who you are. Hey, welcome to the I Am Jen Wilson podcast and this is Jen. Today on the show I have Melissa Johnson talking to us about pelvic health. Now I've known Melissa since about 2009. I met her when I worked in a private Pilates studio way back when I very first started and when I first met Mel she worked in sales and marketing. And since having her first child, she has moved out of sales and marketing and into working with women as a personal trainer and is teaching people, particularly women, all about pelvic health and pelvic care. And she's breaking the information where we accept some things as common to be what is normal and normal doesn't always What's common doesn't always mean it's normal. So if something has changed in your body and somebody said, oh, that's just old age, chances are it can be reversed. So it's always worth investigating. So tune in to this podcast. I learned loads from Mel, which was really great. As you can hear how excited I get by some of the stuff that she talks about. And enjoy the podcast. Remember, share it with anyone who who you think will get some benefit from tuning in and listening to this.
Hello. Hello. 
she's just badged she's just badged in on me yeah of course she's like something's going on here i want to know what's happening i don't blame her really no yes because because obviously because all of us being off off home uh, at home now um she's lacking the attention yeah it'll be confusing her (laughs) people are around all the time yeah so when do i get my me time (laughs) hey are you gonna go out you gonna go outside go find dad Go find Daddy. How has the homeschooling been going? Um, it's it's interesting to say the least. Uh, to be fair, it's not too bad. It's um it's only P two, so it's not that hard. It's even stuff I can do. Oh, that's all right then. Yeah, it's like the the big ones are not a problem. It's the little one. Um, he's only two, so trying to entertain him is um there's a yeah, nightmare does he normally go to nursery yeah so he's normally in nursery like three or four days a week um yeah. but i mean thankfully we've got a garden so i just tap him out into the garden and he runs around and gets dirty and does boy stuff and that seems to entertain him um but i still have to work you know or try to work yeah so yeah it's, it's an interesting adjustment, but uh, so far, so far, so good. Good, good, good. And how are you? Oh, I'm good. Um, apart from not being able to get into my studio and apart from not being able to see my clients face to face, it's um, certainly been a very quick adjustment to working online. Um, yeah and trying to balance that out with my new school teacher role um it's uh it, it's yeah it's been a very quick steep learning curve um but so far so good all my clients seem happy with going online a lot of them seem keener than they usually would to keep yeah. fresh and keep active which is yeah, quite good um <laughs> you know uh Probably because they can't leave the house as much as they used to. Um, yeah, I think I th- the little snippets of normality that we can offer them are um, like lifelines to them. Yeah, exactly. I think seeing a different face, seeing a different person than the one that you're stuck at home with, um, yeah. and some different chat, I think that's what they're appreciating a lot more now um, than just being stuck at home yes yes definitely and I appreciate like when I see my clients I appreciate seeing them as well it's just like oh there's people yeah yeah growing up um <laughs> especially especially because my husband works 12-hour shifts you know he, he'll he'll be gone at 6 30 in the morning and come home at quarter to seven at night and he's still having to work so some yeah. days I am stuck at home with the kids for 12 hours. Um, so I said, oh, grown up, grown up person. Yay. <laughs> what is it that Tom does? Uh, he's an aircraft engineer. So he's, um, at the moment, they are fixing aeroplanes to get them back in the sky as soon as they get the go ahead. So Yeah. 
I suppose this is a good time to be fixing them and making sure they're all up to scratch while they're all grounded. <laughs> exactly. I think that's um, I think that's what the the, the head people are thinking. Yeah. So I think they've got they've got five of them lined up to work on so far. Looks like just get to work, boys. Yeah. Here you go. So you wanted to come on to the podcast to discuss pelvic pelvic health, pelvic care, pelvic. Uh, well, pe- well, pelvic health, really. Um, yeah. So I I, I specialise in in women's pelvic health. So I do exercise rehabilitation for women with pelvic health problems. Um, uh, people that have had hysterectomies, people with stress urinary incontinence. If you sneeze and pee yourself, I can help you with that. Um, <laughs> associated lower back pain, um, postnatal problems like your diastasis and stuff like that. So yeah. the, the women that I work with are all all fall into that category and yeah so how, how did you get into that because when I've we've known each other now since 2009 I was I don't remember when it, when it was but it was when I worked in that studio in town when you used to come in yeah you know, power plate sessions um, hundreds of years ago yeah and you used to work for like marketing and stuff like that for magazines or something did you know yeah I used to I used to do sales and marketing um, yeah. but I, how I did, did you get into pelvic health from there <laughs> I kind of just fell into it um, when I um, like my background is obviously weightlifting and powerlifting and Olympic weightlifting and I coach an Olympic weightlifting team so I've always done a lot of heavy lifting um, yeah. when I was pregnant with my first I was you know it's, uh, I still want to keep fit and I still want to work out so I started looking into into the courses that you can do to you know help you exercise when you're pregnant um and and obviously i I fell into it from there and it just became really interesting all all the the things that women think are normal that aren't normal that you can easily fix Mm -hmm. through movement through breathing through exercise um and I, i i basically just fell into it um i had a lot of women start contacting me when i started taking clients saying I had I've had a hysterectomy and I want to start exercising safe but I'm too scared to do anything in case I cause any more problems um and and that's why that's how I then yeah studied and learned everything that I could to, to help these women and it it's really really nice it's such a, a lovely job when your your clients are able to you know, move and play with your grandchildren and go running again and do all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you, why, I think that's, I think that's why I miss them so much at the moment because I can't see them face yeah, to face. Yeah, for sure. When were you? You were still weightlifting during your pregnancy, weren't you? Uh huh. Like uh-huh. doing powerlifting type stuff. Yep, yep. Um, so I was still weightlifting. Obviously, not as heavy as I usually do. Um, up until 39 plus five, yep. so 39 plus five weeks. And then about a week and a half later, I had my, my second little dude. Yep. And I, and I worked out and, and lifted weights throughout my first pregnancy as well. Um, and I did, but during my second one, I incorporated lots of prehab work. So 
so uh, a lot of strengthening work to help help my joints while I was pregnant and help my, my muscles um, adjust to being pregnant as well so when I had him I was, I was in a lot better shape than the first time around. The first time around um, yeah yeah because I mean a lot of old information would have said that what you were doing was wrong like you shouldn't be lifting heavy weights and you shouldn't be doing that you're supposed to rest while you're pregnant and things like that but I think now the research is changing and the understanding behind what women's bodies are actually capable of is completely changing now. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I mean, the, the general rule of thumb is if, if there aren't any red flags um, and if your doctor says you can carry on exercising, you can basically carry on doing what you've always done um, with a few modifications. Uh, yeah. You know, so if you've always done it, changing a few things up will help keep you moving um, and especially when you are pregnant and you've got chemicals like well, hormones I should say like relaxing coming out into your system which loosens off your joints having nice strong muscles and strong ligaments that support those joints it's also what you need it is really helpful um, but it's also a good stress relief for the mother you know keeping the heart ha happy um, you know and, and, and keeping keeping you moving um, it's, it releases all the happy endorphins into your system um, and, it, and it actually helps pregnancy, um, better birth weights for babies, healthier mums uh, and, and less uh, associated weight gain as well. Yeah. Which is, and I think even as keeping a, a sort of sense of some normality throughout pregnancy, because if you've been somebody who's been very, very active and then all of a sudden you have to stop and do, and somebody's telling you you have to stop and do nothing for the next eight or nine months depending on when you find out that you're pregnant it could be quite that could be quite traumatic for some people absolutely yeah absolutely and I think the the big turning point when I had my first baby um was it was such a massive adjustment when I was pregnant because I was so tired all the time that I couldn't work out as much as I I wanted to and going from someone who was doing crossfit and weightlifting three four times a week to doing nothing it was it really messed up with my mental health and then even when I had him um because we obviously don't have family and support around us yeah it was like it took me about six months to get back into the gym properly because and and it got to the point where I just didn't feel like I was my myself in my own body it felt like I was in someone else's body and I didn't know what was going on um and, and obviously when I started working out, I started feeling more normal again. My mental health got a lot better. Um, and obviously my fitness got a lot better. I was sleeping better as well. The, the baby got into a routine and stuff. With my second one, because I worked out throughout my whole pregnancy, it, it, it felt a lot easier and it felt a lot better. My recovery was a lot quicker. Um, I had emergency C-sections both times. Um, and I just felt stronger and I felt like I recovered a lot better. Um, and I was able to you know get out into the world and start walking and, and, and doing gentle movements uh, a lot sooner as well because I had prepared and my body was feeling a lot better for it as well yeah and is it always women who've had babies that you see that cause the pelvic problems or do you sometimes get some that have never had the baby but they're still having issues in their pelvis no um it, <laughs> Pelvic floor problems are not exclusive to, to women that have had babies. Um, yeah. It can just be the type of exercise that you've done. It could just be a, a weak pelvic floor to begin with. 
a lot of women um, reach a certain age to when they start going through menopause uh, and the change in hormones in their body can affect the strength in their pelvic floor. Um, a lot of women will, will be messaging me saying, um, oh, it's, it's only been happening the last couple of years. And I'll say, well, how old are you? Oh, about 45. It's okay. Obviously, when you reach that perimenopausal stage, you get those changes in hormones uh, and, and pelvic floor, uh, mainly stress incontinence um, or, or urinary incontinence comes along with it. Um, yeah. But it's, it's, it's not normal, but it is common and, and it is quite fixable. You know? um, also, women with hysterectomies, if you've had a hysterectomy, obviously you can have them at any age, depending on uh, various circumstances that you're in. Uh, and then you, you need that rehab afterwards as well, because obviously a major organ has been removed from your body. You need yeah. to strengthen up everything around it to support all the remaining joints and ligaments and, and organs and stuff like that. So I, I work with women of all ages, basically. Yeah. So what are the most common things that we as women think are just normal that are totally fixable? Uh, peeing when you sneeze, peeing when you cough, peeing when you run. Um, stress and incontinence is, is, not, is not normal. Uh, yeah. It is common, but it is most of the time there are no other underlying issues like a prolapse or um, nerve damage. Uh, stress, urinary incontinence, four or five weeks you can sorted it out just like any muscle the stronger it gets the better it performs um and it is it is quite quite fixable um yeah. five six weeks to to sort that problem out you know which is a very small space of time yeah that, that's really quick is it anything that's not fixable um well obviously if you've had nerve damage uh it can make things a bit bit more difficult um, if there is a prolapse depending on the severity of the prolapse um, which is when your uh, your your rectum or your uh, bladder falls into your vagina right. or out of it or bulges into it mm -hmm. um, depending on the severity of that you you might need surgery but you still can strengthen up your pelvic floor around the, the prolapse problem to obviously help support it and it might make a difference between the type of surgery that you have or how invasive it is um, yeah. so strengthening up that pelvic floor in all of those situations will help the problem um, but it might not completely alleviate it but there are other things that you can do to support uh, yeah. to support those things as well what are the most common sort of things that you would get people to do to start strengthening their pelvic floor? Well, the, the most basic thing you can do um, are your Kegel exercises. Um, so obviously that's breathing uh, and lifting and squeezing that pelvic floor. Um, I get people to do it uh, during movement um, because at the end of the day, most accidents do not happen when you're sitting on the sofa squeezing your pelvic floor. Um, yeah. It's usually when you're moving. So obviously the program and the rehab that I do with people, um, they are moving, they're in a gym-based environment. It's not impact, so you're not doing high impact work, but you're, you're concentrating and moving and breathing at the same time and getting your pelvic floor to work during certain points of the movement. Um, yeah. 
and studies have been shown that that gets more muscle stimulation and obviously fixes it a lot quicker. Um, what are your thoughts on yoni eggs and other weightlifting type equipment for your pelvic floor? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, have, <laughs> I have never tried any of them myself. Um, I, I think, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know, I haven't really studied, studied much of them. Um, I know you can go and get uh, like electrical stimulus uh, done in your vagina um, and I've had clients come to me because that hasn't happened or it, it works and then it, it wears off um, yeah. which I guess is like those things that you put on your abdominal muscles saying you're going to get a six pack yeah, 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 yeah. you get some, some zapping um, and, and, and obviously the six pack never arrives um, I, think at the end the, I, think, I think at the end of the day the, the the, the pelvic floor muscle therapy that I do um, and that I've been taught to do um, with, with other women, it, it, it takes into con, um, consideration you moving, you jumping, you, yeah. you picking things up, um, everyday activities. Obviously, with uh, sitting on the sofa doing kegels or using the, the little balls or weights or something, you're not going to be doing that all day long. So you're yeah. not going to learn how to control your pelvic floor when you sneeze or when you have to pick up your groceries or your child or both your kids at the same time. Um, and that's, that's kind of the, the difference there. Um, yeah. I, I teach my women how to lift safely, how to bend their knees, how to breathe out on the, on the way up and stuff like that, which uh, little balls. Uh, <laughs> little GD, you Yes, I don't know if they come on the instructions, um, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and at the end of the day you know I'm uh, lying in a clinic with electrodes up your fanny is not really my idea of a nice relaxing afternoon <laughs> no. I'd rather go to the gym and I don't think trying to insert a jade egg up there either and walk around with that like holding it up and in like that's just not my jam yeah no exactly and I think if you are putting something in there that you have to continuously hold onto, that creates other problems because you, you don't want the muscle to be so tight all day long that it's yeah. not moving. You want it to even flow with your breathing. You want, like if, if you, if you uh, contracted your bicep muscle and you held it there, you, you, can't, you can't do anything. Yeah, you know, just it's like get stuck there. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it gets stuck there. You can't pick up your cup of tea, you can't pick up a pencil because your, your muscle is so tight. Um, and that causes other problems. So you don't want your pelvic floor to be completely tight and rigid and being held and squeezed all day long either. Like any muscle, it needs to move with yeah. a bit of give and take. Yes, I remember um, when I was on one of my yoga courses, one of the women that came to teach us one day was... Uh, midwife and she said one of the problems that a lot of women have is not knowing how to let go of their pelvic floor and that's why they tear and child when they're um, delivering their baby because nobody's taught them how to relax their pelvic floor and that is as important as being able to tighten it and strengthen it exactly exactly um and a lot of the a lot of the the symptoms for a tight pelvic floor are similar to uh, a weak pelvic floor but you have other associated pains along with it. 
So figuring out which one you are it mm -hmm. d depends on uh, your What's course of treatment as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The symptoms you're presenting depend on your course of treatment. Um, but a lot of women, if they get, uh, if they do have a hypertonic pelvic floor, which is when your pelvic floor is too tight and the muscle yeah. is like cramped up all the time, any stress, any tension, they they tend to revert back to cramping. So you need to learn how to relax it. You need to know how to stretch it and relax it and um, reduce that stress. Uh, a lot of women also because they are so paranoid um, about going out of the house, having an accident in public. I can't go somewhere because I don't know where the public toilets are. I, I, all of these associated mental health problems. Again, they're just holding it really tight which yeah. is bad for the muscle. It needs to learn how to work. Um, and once you have taught someone how to relax the muscle off, you can then teach them how to strengthen it and get it working properly. And these are the things that I, you know, women, that I teach women, um, and they can use them for the rest of their life. You know, it's not just half an hour and off you go, um, yeah. which is, you know, you want something that's going to last until you're 90 years old. Yeah. Do you ever have any men coming to you about their pelvic issues? Uh, obviously, I they have a pelvic floor as well, so they need they, assistance. <laughs> they do have a pelvic floor. Men can have pelvic um, issues as well. I haven't personally worked with any men, but I know uh, some of my colleagues have, um, and there are different types of cues that you can work with them. Um, uh, but it, it, it's very much the same if a man has had a, an operation um, or needs a you know, core re rehabilitation work, you do those pelvic floor exercises with the, the men as well. The cues are slightly different. Um, <laughs> the cues are slightly different, but obviously yeah. the, the results are the same. Um, but I have, I have worked with men um, that have, for example, a diastasis, uh, which is the separation of the abdominal muscles at the, the front of the stomach. Um, yeah. Usually a lot of pregnant women get it, uh, yeah. but obviously men, if they have a lot of... Um, uh, abdominal fat can get it mm. as well, um, yeah. and you see it. You see it when they crunch up, and there's a coning down the centre. And obviously, it is a weight loss problem, but also fixing that um, yeah. that diastasis. And um, and generally, a lot of the time, people have associated back pain because of the diastasis. And once you strengthen everything up, get them on a weight loss routine, that pain tends to go away as well, which is really good. Yeah, I never thought about that about men having that splitting of the abdominal muscles when they get that beer belly because yep. some guys bellies do get really big and some men only hold their weight in their belly yeah like, yep. the same as um, some pregnant women yes it is it is probably more common um but because obviously the beer belly stays there they yep. might not notice it as much women tend to notice it because once you have the baby the baby comes out and then all of a sudden you've got this yeah. weird zoning and, and, and you can see it and you can feel it uh, more so down the middle um, and because you lose all the, the tension because the baby's come out yeah. there, there's nothing in there supporting your back so you get a lot of back pain um, you know because you have a weak core system yeah. uh, men and, and unless they lose the weight very rapidly don't tend to get that either yeah so if they were if men lost weight slowly would that naturally just knit back together uh, it would knit back together um depending on what exercises they're doing uh, alongside to yeah. help 
but obviously um a lot of the 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 fat in men the visceral fat in men that causes diastasis is that's the fat around your organs so they're going to want to yeah. lose that anyway because that's yeah. bad fat you know that's yeah. the, the cardiac arrest type stuff um and any weight loss routine you want slow over a long period of time as opposed to a crash diet um so while you're working with them to get them to lose their weight cut back on their beer um mm-hmm. you can uh, do associated exercises to help help you guys that as well yeah interesting you learn a new thing every day <laughs> <laughs> um do you have a like specific diet type program that you encourage your women to go through or do you look at them all individually or how do you do you include nutrition in with your clients? Um, I do I, I, I tend to look at them all individually um, look at what they're eating obviously uh, when it comes to bowel problems and pelvic health uh, your diet really does uh, help um, with any symptoms that you're having. Uh, if you drink a lot of alcohol, it can upset your bladder, um, etc. If you eat a lot of stodgy food, it will help, um, it won't help. Uh, you'll be straining to go to the bathroom and obviously the extra pressure down there. So depending what people tend to eat, um, general rule of thumb is more vegetables, less uh, fast carbs, lean meats and stuff like that. Um, so up your veggies, drink plenty of water as well because that keeps your stool, your stool soft. So it's easier to go to the bathroom. Um, so depending on why someone's come to me, I do look at, at their diet uh, to see if we can tweak things that might help with their situation as well. Yeah. yeah. Mm, so fascinating. So you're... Are you taking on new clients online while we are in this lockdown situation? <laughs> or are you just focusing on the clients you have? Well, for the for the last week, I have just been focusing on the clients that I have. I've yep. shifted them all online. Um, I had two clients start with me uh, the week before we locked down. So I transitioned them online. It's like, oh my word, this is crazy. Um, but obviously, once everything settles down and I'm into a routine, I will be looking to, to take on new clients. Um, yeah. I now have all the, the technology set up in my summer house and <laughs> garden <laughs> that I can take, uh, I can take clients. Um, and I think, especially for me, it has been such a learning curve. I'm so used to being hands-on with people right in front of me so I can... Uh, move them and tweak them and uh, see what they're doing Um, now that I'm kind of used to seeing people on the TV and knowing that I can do that as well a little bit of confidence for me um, I can can take on uh, new new clients and obviously um, because a lot of people are now stuck at home uh, they're wanting a little break during the day and And because you're online um, you can go global as well I can, I can. <laughs> it's a scary International pelvic care. <laughs> it's a scary thought, but you know, people in other countries have these problems as well, and I'm happy to help. Yeah, definitely, definitely. There was something else I wanted to ask you. 
Oh yeah. Um, so I'm thinking about myself. I have Crohn's. I then have problems with infl inflammation in my bowel. Have you come across MD or have you had any uh, education around things like inflammatory bowel disease causing pelvic health problems? I haven't. Um, I do know that uh, overactive bladders and, and other uh, bowel problems can cause like uh, like low-grade prolapses and stuff like that, depending on how big the stools are. You know, yeah. so you can have associated problems um, with things like that. I haven't worked with anyone specifically with Crohn's, um, but obviously I do have clinicians and stuff that I can speak to about specific uh, specific cases. Um, obviously, with, with with Crohn's disease, or if you have uh, problems with your bowels, straining is the last thing that you want to do because obviously that causes a lot of a lot of problems. More water, more fiber, stuff like that. Um, also, depending on medications that people are on, that can give yeah a lot of bowel problems as well. Mm -hmm. So, uh, it, obviously, something like that would be case by case with the person. Um, yeah. But squatty potties, bringing your your, your knees up a little bit higher. <laughs> I always have my squatty potty. It just sits in front of my toilet all the time. And I always think when people, like, I've got my home studio upstairs, so obviously I don't have anybody coming to me just now. But sometimes when my clients came to the house, like, can I just use your toilet? I'm like, yeah, sure. And I must think, I think, well, they must wonder what the hell that is sitting in front of my toilet. Because I don't have an official one. I just got a wee footstool out of Aldi or somewhere like that. And yeah. that sits in front of my toilet. But it makes such a difference being able to have your knees up high. It does It does make such a difference. And when you learn about the the, the, the pelvic anatomy and how the muscles work, um, when you're standing up, everything's all gathered together. So, so it stops stuff releasing out. Yeah. And when you squat down, the further you squat down, the more open uh, those openings become to yeah. obviously release things. Um, so getting your knees up that little bit higher certainly does help with the, the problems, um, uh, especially you know, women with prolapse and, and stuff like that. You want it to be coming out uh, as easy as possible because you don't want extra straining and extra pushing yeah. down on that pelvic floor, which can make the problems worse. Um, so yeah, squatty potties. If you don't have a squatty potty, use a couple of milk bottles. Use some yoga bricks. Like that. <laughs> Anything that brings your feet up. <laughs> yeah, get get your kids a little stool out, and you know, lots of lots of things you can do. Um, but again, a lot of the women that I see that are having bowel problems, the it, it's all it's almost a vicious circle. They don't they they have stress urinary incontinence. So they cut back on their water, which then dries their stools out, which makes them strain. And it's like, no, you've got to drink more water, keep everything nice and soft. Um, you know, we can work on the strength of your pelvic floor to help with the, the incontinence problems. But it's, it's almost a vicious cycle. It's not, yeah. it's not just fixing one muscle that I work at. You have to look at the whole picture. It's like, yeah. what's this person doing um, that could be making the problem worse? So about bowel problems, we tend to, to chat about um, lots of bowel yeah. problems in our, in our groups. <laughs> yeah, I, I, do, I mean, I, I teach Pilates and yoga, and obviously that kind of conversation comes up quite a lot 
in our thing as well, people are always terrified that they fart in class and things like that. And I'm like, when you move your body into certain positions, you might fart and that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> like this shape will help you go to the toilet more easily. Like that education, yeah. I've been able to try and get people to sit in a really deep, low squat. As yeah. so many people can't do it because yeah. their hips are so tight from sitting in chairs all the time. So I yep. spend a lot of time trying to get people's hips freed up so that they can work towards trying to get into a more yeah. comfortable deep squat. And, and, and lack of ankle mobility to get into a deep squat mm-hmm. as well from wearing high heel shoes, um, hunched over at desks, you know, hunched over with your hips, cuddling your baby, tight yep. hip flexors. It's, it's everything. I think especially now when people are stuck in their houses and they're not moving and uh, they're, they're sitting at their dining room tables which are not really designed to be used for, for computer work you know they need to get up more they need to stretch your know, hips tight hips tight backs tight shoulders you gotta fix everything to fix the one problem um mm. yeah because the, the whole body works so beautifully together but the whole body needs to be moving some i saw a picture I think it was in one of my yoga teacher training days and it was the it was a woman in labour and it showed a picture of her from the back so it showed how the pelvis separated and the, the tailbone came up and out like it lifted to give space for the baby to be born and obviously she couldn't be and that doesn't happen if somebody's been told to lie on their back with their feet up but yeah. she was in like a squat position where the, the pelvis moved and I didn't realise how much the pelvis actually opened up and that the, yeah. t- the base of the spine could lift up like, it's, 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 it is quite scary when you when you look at something like that and you're like oh my word um, yeah, <laughs> that's a body at the end of the day you know childbirth uh, traditionally you were squatting in a, a, a paddock or a, a house or something that the most natural position to be in you've got gravity assisting you yeah. everything is designed to go down down that way um yeah. as opposed to lying on a bed and pushing it sideways uh and it's yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting how how these things happen both of mine came through the sunroof um but <laughs> i did read a, a lot um yeah. before i had them so yeah it, it is interesting how everything is, is connected and how everything works um, and how even, you know, your ankle flexibility can affect pelvic floor problems because uh, tight muscles pulling on other muscles up your body and stuff like that as well. So Yeah, I was um, doing an online course recently and it was about foot mobility and the, all anatomy and even physiology around the foot. And the woman there was saying that the, the medial arch between the ball of the big toe and the heel, that's connected to your pelvic floor. So if you've got really flat feet, then you're going to have potentially have, potentially have pelvic floor problems. Yep. That's yep. like, that's incredible. So if you start yep. working at the feet, that can then help up. Yep. So all the all of the women that come to me, they get a, a little kit bag so they can do stuff at home. Um, yeah. And in their little kit bag is a small round spiky ball yeah. to roll underneath their feet. Um, because especially when you spend a lot of time on your feet during the day, you're standing up, you're walking lots, wearing uncomfortable shoes, the muscles get tight and your foot kind of get um, 
put into weird positions and cramped up, sitting down in front of the TV at night, massaging them out, loosens off those muscles, and it does significantly help uh, in, in other areas. Um, I lo- so I, I, I'm t- I tell my women, you know, get your shoes off, start rubbing your, your feet. Um, yeah. And it also helps with their ankle flexibility, relaxing everything off, which helps with their, their, their pelvic um, mobility, getting yeah. down in the squat. Um, loosening stuff off there as well yeah and then when you get good mobile feet and ankles and a good mobile and strong pelvis it then helps everything up from there from the whole spine health shoulder health neck health everything exactly exactly a lot of women that um that come to me uh with pelvic floor problems have uh lower (laughs) back pain as well so you've got your associated lower back pain and 99% of the time when the pelvic floor problems are fixed or are starting to be fixed, the back pain goes away because you're also strengthening the core up. Um, yeah. When someone doesn't have a sore back, they're moving a lot freer. Um, they're yeah. not compensating their movements uh, in other ways. They're a lot more relaxed. And their mental health improves as well because they can go out. They don't have to worry about peeing themselves at it or I can't do that because it hurts my back. Um, so it, fixing one problem, like we said before, tends to fix a, a lot of other problems as well. Um, yeah. And especially with women who, are, I've worked with ladies who are scared to leave the house because they don't want to have an accident. Um, and seeing them regain that confidence is, is really lovely. It's, it's the best part of my job, seeing them being able to go out and, and do something. Yeah. And, not have to stress about can't can't go out or I can't wear a certain colour clothing because yeah. what if I have an accident? So that's a that's a lovely part as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all these things that some people will think, oh I've just got a mental health problem and they'll maybe go and try and deal with their heads, but if they can deal with the physical body as well and vice versa, some people yeah. won't realise that by fixing the physical body it'll help with other the mental health. Yeah. Yeah, um, exactly, exactly. And, you know, exercise has been proven to to help with mental health problems. Um, And there is a strong connection between pelvic health and mental health. And, um, you know, once you tend to fix one, you've got the the happy endorphins from from the exercise flowing on to other other areas as well, which is good. Yeah. And I, I always wondered as well, one of my teachers was talking about weight distribution in the body and how things are everything's counterbalanced so your head this your skull is the same weight as your pelvis and this part of your body is the same weight as it and I was like what how can my head be the same weight as the pelvis like that's crazy and it's like that's what it is because just everything's so in sync with everything so it makes total sense that things that are going on down there are connected to things that are going up there and vice versa yeah oh exactly and um what what you sometimes see as well when you are pregnant your center of gravity uh shifts because obviously you're gaining weight at at the front of your body and that's yeah. just like when you pick up a kettlebell if you hold a kettlebell on your chest yeah. you, you've all of a sudden put more weight on the front of your body so your your core your back everything has to compensate for it, that additional weight Obviously, over the course of nine months that you're pregnant uh, and your body is slowly growing that little bump out the front, the, the centre of gravity shift is, 
is quite slow. Um, but once you've lost, you, once you've had the baby and it's and it's out, everything comes back to normal, and it's that readjustment period there. So your muscles have to get used to standing up straight. Um, yeah. You know, not having that, that additional weight there and um, strengthening everything back up. But it's also with weight gain, women that gain a lot of weight around their front, or even men that gain a lot of weight around their front, you'll see them eventually hunching over, leaning yeah. forward, their posture goes, their shoulders slump, and it's just because um, they've got that additional weight there. Yeah. Similar people who sit in front of a computer all day, that hump on their back, you know. Yeah. So they don't like, even need additional weight, it's just the weight of their head hanging forward all the time, being on their phone, being on their computer. That's then yeah. going to adjust, every, knock everything out as well. Yeah, um, you know, and then they get tight chest. You need to stretch everything out, straighten your back up, get your posture realigned. Yeah, it's fascinating. It is. <laughs> it's, it is fascinating. Um, is there any other points or anything that I've missed or that you want to get across? Um, I think the only other thing that I've probably want to add and it's a bit of a mm. bit of a, a conversation point in, in, in some of my uh, pelvic floor groups that I'm in um, that don't don't let the media normalize what is happening with your body um, don't don't let um, television adverts or adverts that you see online make you think that what's happening to your body is normal um, having pelvic floor problems, stress, urinary incontinence, things like that, don't be embarrassed to ask for help. Um, you know, there is help out there. If I can't give it to you myself, I know lots of clinicians, uh, doctors, that can I, I can possibly refer you on to. Um, and don't, don't put up with it. You know, peeing when you sneeze, it's, it's not funny. It's, it's, it's not normal. It's common. It's, it's not normal and it could also be um, a sign of something uh, underlining some other underlying health condition um, so it's better to be checked personally I would be mortified if I peed in the gym um, I'd probably have to get a new a new gym membership somewhere else um, so don't don't be afraid to ask for help and I think especially these days there is more of a conversation out there and women are speaking about it and they are ask, asking for help, which is good. And don't be embarrassed. You know, I've, I've heard it all before. Um, I've, I've heard it all before. And just don't let the, the media um, make you think that what's happening is, is okay. You know, yeah. get yourself checked. Speak to someone. Um, you know, I, I offer free advice to, to women um, who, who, who message me. Um, yeah. if I can't see them one-to-one -one, um, or I can refer them on to, to, to people that might be able to help them um, but just you know get, don't get yourself silence. Get, yeah don't suffer in silence get yourself checked um, and at the end of the day uh, if, if it is stress urinary incontinence there's no red flags no underlying conditions no other problems it could be fixed within like six weeks yeah. You know, which is a very short amount of time. I mean, I'm 40. I, I'm planning on living to about 90. So six weeks in that scheme of things is, is very short and it is yeah. very fixable. 
you know, and it opens up so much, so many more opportunities and freedom for you. Exactly, exactly. You can leave the house, you can go running, you can play with the kids, the grandkids, stuff like that. You don't have to worry in the back of your head uh, all the time about um, am I going to have an accident? Is something going to happen? You know, get yeah. get get it, get it fixed. Because I think even running that that stressful thought through your head, that's going to make things worse. Because the more uh-huh. you think about it, the more likely it is it's going to happen. So if you can yep. take action and do things. What, where is the best place for people to find you, to be able to see what you do, get in contact with you? Okay, so uh, under normal circumstances, I... Uh, <laughs> Under normal, under normal circumstances, I have a private studio gym in Paisley that I work out of. Um, I also work out of a women's gym in um, in Glasgow in Tradeston one day a week. So I, I am gym based under normal circumstances. At the moment, I am in my summer house taking people online uh, via the internet. So it doesn't matter where you're based, I can possibly help you. Um, if you want to contact me, my website is ladiesintraining.co.uk. So www.ladiesintraining.co.uk or you can find me on Facebook, Ladies in Training on Facebook. Um, there's a little lady lifting barbells wearing a dress and it's all pink and black and stuff. Nice. Um, <laughs> so uh, I, I am at the moment attached to uh, my phone and computer 24 hours a day <laughs> <laughs> because that's how I roll now. Um, <laughs> just adapting to our new I'm, I'm, I'm adapting to technology. Um, but yeah, so y- you can message me. I do post on my Facebook page about various pelvic health problems, um, how to recover after hysterectomy, <clears throat> exercise to do while you're pregnant stuff like that so uh, there, there is an interesting information um on my on my facebook page for, for you to read and if you have any questions you can um message me and i can make a post or i can message you back directly so yeah, yeah. cool i will put the links to them into the show notes so cool. that people can just find it dead easy yeah that was so interesting <laughs> i'm glad you found it it's interesting just, like yeah. it's yeah it's something that I never, like, 10 years ago, I never thought I'd be doing. But I absolutely love my job now. Which is, yeah, that makes a difference. It's so, it's so nice and it's so rewarding when someone says to you, I feel really normal now. I feel normal. And, I, and, yeah. and I'm not having any problems. So, yeah, good. Awesome. High fives when, you know, we can touch each other again. <laughs> I know. <laughs> It's, I think it's um, really important for people to find what their normal is and knowing that unhealthy or un, even like you kept saying, it might be common. It doesn't mean to say that it's normal. Yeah, yeah. And I think... As, Don't accept as, as well as, your new normal. Exactly. Don't accept your new normal. Um, but learning how to manage your symptoms as well. Uh, I've got a couple of clients that I've been working with for, for well over a year and they know how to manage their symptoms. They know what sets them off. Um, we'll start our sessions and I'll, and I'll say to them, how have you been this week? And they're like, I've been really stressed. It's like, what, you, know what you've, uh, you know what you have to do to, to manage that and they do. Um, and I think it's a little bit of that as well, just learning how to, how to control your own body um, and how your body works and, and what's best for yourself. Um, 
to to manage your symptoms to make life livable yeah for sure amazing thank you so much for your time you're welcome thank, thank you, you for so much me. for your wisdom <laughs> <laughs> i try <laughs> um no thank you for- Thanks for listening and remember to leave a review and subscribe over on iTunes or SoundCloud and check out what's going on at IamJenWilson.com or head over to Instagram and give us a follow just following IamJenWilson.